all of those who uh, participated and helped serve in the gift wrap, Christmas gift wrap at the mall yesterday. Uh, it was incredible. It was so much fun. It always is. And just an opportunity to, to serve people and take some of the stress out of their holiday weekend where we... Um, where we 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 wrap presents for people. There's no charge or anything. And I know Rich. Where there's Rich. Rich had to tell me one time. Man, there's this one guy. I just cannot convince him that it's free. That we don't have donations or anything. Just can't convince him. Did he ever get his stuff wrapped then? Or he came back twice just to test us to see that it's to bring stuff to wrap. Yeah, and to see if it was really free. And were we true to our word? I think so. Yeah, it was really free. One kid came in and said, yeah, I want you to wrap my phone as a test. I, I'm not sure what that was all about, but um, I can't remember who, does anybody remember who wrapped, remember? Yeah, Tanya. Did you, did you know what that was about? <laughs> Having been there, done that? I believe that, uh, yes, uh, but it was a lot of fun, thank you, I know uh, uh, Tanya and uh, 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 Pam uh, did so much to, to organize it and do all the beforehand stuff, and then, uh, you know, Jeff and Rich were there to do some heavy lifting, and Don and, and others, so I just want to say thank you to everyone, some of you stayed all day long, just not because you had to, but it was so much fun. Uh, really, it, it was hard getting away from that, but we're looking forward to next year already. It's going to be great. Um, had a good location this year, and we're looking forward to serving more people next year. Um, uh, let's take a moment and just uh, uh, pray before we go on today. Father, we love you, and we know that you love every person here. Every one of us matters to you. So, Lord, we pray as we settle our hearts to hear your word. We want to meet with you. We want to hear your word this morning. So as we open our ears and we open our hearts, we ask you to speak to us and to be here with us. And let your peace rest on each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and um, I'm really glad that you've joined us for the beginning of the season. It's actually, the, the season of Advent, while it comes at the end of our calendar year, is actually the beginning and the start of the church calendar. Not, not vineyard calendar, but big, church, big C church calendar. Um, and... Uh, it's, 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 it's an exciting time, and I, you know, I thought about things I could say about Advent, but I want to read something uh, just briefly here. Um, this book I go through every year, have for several years now, Seeking God's Face. It's a, a daily reading. Yeah, Steve's got one there. Several of you have it. Um, I like to read the beginning of each season of the church that you go into. It has a little introduction to that season, and I just want to read a little bit about what it says about uh, Advent. Advent, from the Latin adventus, meaning coming or arrival, is the four-week season of preparation for the coming of Jesus at Christmas. A good celebration requires proper preparation for us to fully enjoy it. 
During December, however, we mostly confuse helpful readiness for the hustle of Christmas shopping, parties, and preparations. The Advent season, more reflective in nature, can feel out of sync with all this noise and busyness. John the Baptist has always felt like the right person for, to me to get ready for Christmas. He's the anti-Santa needed for our day. Trade the jolly laugh for an in-your-face intensity, the twinkle in the eye for a, uh, a wildness about to interrupt your life, commanding our attention but always redirecting it toward Jesus. Prepare the way for the Lord is the Advent call to get ready for the coming Messiah. But how do you prepare for a surprise? More than just remembering Christ's first arrival, Advent hopes for Christ's second coming. Advent's a season of expectant waiting, tapping into the sense we have that all is not well, the longing for the world to be made right again. It's a season for restless hearts and weary people of a broken world who want with all our being to know there's more than this. I love that, the way it describes the Advent season. Expectation and just the, the you know, that there, there's more than this and, and, and waiting for that. And it's a, it's a season of hope. A lot of church traditions uh, celebrate Advent with, the, uh, with an Advent wreath. An Advent wreath um, is uh, like this one right here. The wreath, first of all, is, is, is an evergreen, a circle of evergreen, and it represents eternal life, everlasting life. And then there's four candles around it, and each candle, one candle is lit each week, and um, um, each one represents a different theme as we go through Advent. And the first one that we start this week is this is the first day of Advent, stands for hope. Advent is a season of hope, the hope that we have in Christ. As believers, we have a sure and certain hope. And as we start this series today, starting a new series for Advent, we're going to be talking about a major reason for our hope, a major reason we have this hope. And the title of the series is God With Us. God with us. One of the most precious promises God has ever given us is the promise that no matter what we go through, He is with us and He will be with us. There's a theological term that relates to this. It's called the incarnation. The incarnation literally means God in flesh. And it describes what happened at Christmas. The Word who was God took on human flesh. And you know, when we sing, O come all ye faithful, there's a verse in there that says, Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning, Jesus to thee be all glory given, word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. That's what that verse is referring to, the incarnation, God coming in flesh, the word taking on, taking on human flesh and becoming human. At Christmas, we celebrate that. Now, Matthew talks about this in his gospel as he quotes the prophet Isaiah in Matthew 1.23. says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I want us to think about that throughout this Advent season this year. God is with us. See, this sets apart the, 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 the birth of Jesus as distinct from any other child who's ever been born. 
He was born of a virgin, and in his birth, through his birth, God took on human flesh and became man in Jesus. And the implications for that, for, of that for you and for me are huge. It means God knows what it's like to live on this earth and go through what you're going through. He knows what it's like to experience life as a human being on earth. He knows what it's like to experience being on a mountaintop and seeing people healed, seeing people set free, seeing years of oppression and, and, and brokenness being broken off of people, seeing hope restored to the, and, and the downcast lifted up. But he also knows what it's like to walk through the valleys of life. He knows what it's like to be tired. He knows what it's like to suffer. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to experience pain. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to experience loneliness. He knows what it's like to experience living in the brokenness of this world. And because he knows what it's like, we have hope. You and I have hope. We're not left to just figure things out and fend for ourselves. We don't have to go through the valleys of life alone. And if you're in a valley right now, here's some things you need to know. One, you need to know that valleys don't last forever. They may seem like they do, but it's for a season. They may be a season of pain. They may be a season of confusion. They may be a season of, of desperation. They may be a season of loneliness, but they're just for a season. Seasons don't last forever. Second thing, valleys exist between mountaintops. Without mountaintops, without mountains, there is no valley. Okay, so they exist in between mountains. And, and, and the third thing, if we'll let them, valleys are also a season for growth. See, here, here's the thing. You look in your, in your handout here. Uh, uh, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys we may enjoy God on the mountaintops those are great times and everything's going well everything's clicking things are humming along you know going great seems like it's great you know it's great fun it's it's you know God's moving and 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 things seem you know we're we're, we're seeing good things happening all around us and and you know we enjoy God on the mountaintops but we really get to know him intimately in the valley when times are good, you enjoy it, and good times. I mean, that's great, enjoy them. But when you go through a valley, there's a, a, a way that you draw close to him that's different than on the mountaintop. He's the same God in the valley as he was on the mountaintop. That hasn't changed. He's the same God. His love hasn't changed. His faithfulness hasn't changed. The only thing that's changed is our circumstances. And in the valley, we have the opportunity to get to know him in a deeper way than we did on the mountaintop. Our, our, our level of experience deepens because God is with you as you walk through the valley together with him. If you've ever taken a trip with a group of people, you know that something happens in that group that when you experience that trip together. I remember the first time we took a, our, our, our missions partnership with the vineyard, took a trip to Costa Rica. I was on this team of people, and, and you know, we, we, we went, and most of us, few of us knew each other 
fairly well, but most of us didn't know each other all that well. We knew who we were, and that was it, you know. But something happened on that trip. When we, um, by, by the time we were done with, with that, I don't know if it was 10, 10, 11 days, something like that, by the time we were done that, with that trip and came home, there was a bond that had formed among the team members that's still there almost 17 years later because we experienced the trip together. Saw the same thing happen when I went on um, uh, campus life trips, spring break trips with campus life. You know, bonds were formed because of what students and leaders experienced together on the trip. In fact, campus life has a saying, it happened on a trip. Because relationships form and things happen on a trip that change lives. And it's not because of the location, it's because of the shared experiences they went through on that trip. It's the same way as we journey through a valley with Jesus. We share the experiences of that valley. We share those with Jesus. God is with us in our human experience. And when we become aware of his presence in the valley, we experience him in a different way than we do on the mountaintop. Mountaintops, are, they're, they're, they're blessings, they're fun, they're exciting, it's exhilarating. You can stand up on the mountaintop and you can see in any direction for miles, right? Everybody stand on top of a mountain, you can see for miles. And, you know, some places you can see like, you know, three to four different states at one time. You can see for miles. In a valley, you can't always see all that far ahead, can you? In a valley, a lot of times you have tall trees blocking your view. In a valley, sometimes, you know, you look ahead and there's a turn in the landscaping somewhere, and, and, and it's like you can't see what's around that turn. Your vision is limited. But the valley is beautiful in its own way. The soil is fertile for growth. Things grow in the valley that don't grow in the mountaintops. In fact, a lot of times on mountaintops, the vegetation is pretty bare. Things don't grow on rock, right? But in the lush, you know, the lush vegetation grows in the valley. A number of years ago, my mother-in-law was diagnosed with cancer. And she battled it successfully for several years. But eventually, uh, it came back and, and, and took her. I think, I think third time came back. Uh, but during the time when she was first diagnosed and the end, during that time, we saw something happen. She had never had a relationship with the Lord before. Oh, she went to church. She was a, what you call a nominal Christian. She went to church because that's what she was raised to do, was the thing to do, was the socially acceptable thing to do, and, and all of this. But, you know, you kind of go, and you be respectable, and you go out, and, you know. So it, 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 she, she didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. When Lisa and I began a relationship with the Lord, uh, my wife and I, um, uh, she, it's funny, she used to tell Lisa, you know, that, that uh, I was just going through a phase with this religious thing, you know? Yeah, oh, don't worry, Dave's just, he's just going through a phase with this religious thing. What she didn't know is that 
or didn't realize, I guess, is that Lisa was the reason that I had gotten into this phase, this religious thing, you know. Um, she's the one that brought me in. But, but anyway, when she was diagnosed with, with, diagnosed with cancer, um, and, and um, she started to change. All of a sudden, Jesus wasn't just somebody you hear about on Sunday morning. He became a real part of her life. And she developed a relationship with him. She drew close to him. We get to know Jesus in a deeper way when we go through difficult times with him. As we grow stronger, we, and, and we grow stronger because of the presence of Jesus, that it, that it, that it, it gives us strength, that it, it calms our heart because he's with us in the valley. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Psalms, or if you got your Bible app on your phone, I'm going to be looking at Psalm 84. It's become one of my all-time favorite Psalms. And on a, uh, you can follow along as I'm reading in verses 5 to 7. I'm reading from the NLT. Psalm 84, verse 5 says, What joy for those whose strength, come from, whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Now, this is referring to a pilgrimage, those who are on a pilgrimage or on a journey to the temple to worship. And, and they're there, they're going to worship the Lord because, you know, not because they have to, not because they're expected to, not because it's the thing to do, but because they love uh, uh, they love him, and they have a passion for him. They have a joy in their heart to serve him. And, and that joy comes from that relationship that they have with the, that, 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 with the Lord, and it strengthens them for the journey. They've set their minds on their destination. They've set their minds, this is where I am going. And, and they're drawing strength from the Lord for the journey. And then we read on verse 6, says, When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs some translations say pools of refreshing and you know this valley of weeping it's it's translated a number of different ways in a number of uh, various translations i want you to listen to some of them valley of baca the word baca means weeping or tears so valley of baca valley of misery valley of tears Va uh, weary glen is what james moffat translates it as a uh, thirsty valley or arid valley all kind of had the same idea. See, the city of Jerusalem sat, you know, where the temple was that they were journeying to, sat up on a hillside. And the pilgrimage they were on, or, or journey that they were on, took them through the valley. Got to go through the valley to get to the mountaintop. Temple was beautiful. Temple was magnificent. The valley was difficult had its own set of dangers and you know uh, uh, from wild animals to to robbers the valley could be a dangerous place but the strength the lord gives strength for the journey as he provides refreshing springs picking up where we left off the autumn rains will clothe it with blessings they will continue to grow stronger and each of them will appear before god in jerusalem it's in the valley as the rains come that refreshing streams begin to form pools of water throughout the valley in strategic places. They refresh us. They give us strength as we journey through the valley. The rich soil produces lush green vegetation. 
When God is with you in the valley, He takes you from strength to strength, from one refreshing stream or refreshing pool to the next. That's why it says in verse 5, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. NIV says it this way, blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whether or not we're blessed isn't determined by whether we're on the mountaintop or the valley. It's not determined by our location. Our blessing comes from God and our strength comes from God who is with us in either place. Because it's in his presence that it's, it's, it's his presence that brings the blessing, not our circumstances. Your circumstances are not what brings you blessing in life. It's his presence in your life. Because he is our refreshing. And there's nowhere we can go that is beyond the limits of his ability to be with us and strengthen us and give us refreshing. Psalm 139 says this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle the fair side of the sea, even, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If you're in the middle of a valley, you are not alone. And you don't have to be afraid because there's no valley so deep that is beyond God's reach. Nowhere you can go where you are out of his sight or out of his reach where God can't meet you. So if you're in a valley, I want to challenge you, look for those refreshing streams, refreshing pools that Psalm 84 talks about. Look for those refreshing springs that, that God provides in the valley because I'll tell you something, they are there. You may not see them right now, but they are there. Look for them, go to them, refresh yourself, strengthen yourself in the Lord, in His presence. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, almost a couple of years ago, I lost both my parents in just a two-week period. And I, 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 find my, I found myself really in a deep valley. Um... I mean, they were old, they had both lived full lives, we were totally expecting it, but even if you're expecting, even if you think you're prepared, you're never prepared for the loss of a parent. Um, at least I don't think so. It was harder than I expected, and it affected me in ways that I hadn't anticipated, and still does. I mean, I'll admit this, I can't hardly get through a sappy Christmas movie without my eyes welling up with tears. I'm not like that. I don't cry at movies. And I still don't. I just, you know, my eyes itch a lot. My eyes itch a lot. But I, you know, it, it, it's different. I remember the, the first time it hit me. I mean, and things will hit me at different times. Things will hit me and it's like totally out of the blue, a song on the radio or something is said or whatever, and just... So I, I was watching a movie. I couldn't tell you what it was. It was some sappy Christmas thing about somebody had a tree farm, I think, and there were two competing tree farms next to each other. And, and the one person just said, yeah, 
you know, this is the this is the first year without dad. And it just right away it's there. I changed. Something changed during this. I, I, uh, I mean, it's just so not me, but it's become me. You know, um, um, it was harder than I expected. It affected me in ways I hadn't anticipated. I was in a lot of pain, but nobody really knew the level of it because I didn't, I I tend to be a private person, and that's to a fault, I admit. That's to a fault sometimes. I tend to be a private person, but I went into a season where I was in the valley, and I've just recently begun to come out of it, but in this season... The Lord provided strength, and the Lord provide, provided refreshing. You know, I, I, I sought out the refreshing springs that Psalm 84 talked about. I said, I'm going to seek these out. I'm going I'm to find those. And I found refreshing streams. I found them in the church, worshiping with all of you, just coming together, worshiping with, with, with God's people. I found refreshing springs in his word. I found refresh, re, refreshing alone time with God and in Sabbath rest that David talked about earlier. You know, I would get alone with the Lord. And, and, and there were certain songs, certain worship songs that I would play. I would just close my eyes and just, you know, enter into, in, into a time of worship. I remember it was about it was it was about six to eight weeks somewhere in that range, after you know after the, both funerals and so forth that we were able to take a week off and and you know we went to the to to this place and you know stayed with some friends and and I just sat there in the early morning get up at six o'clock go out and I'd, you know have my quiet time sitting there by the water and. Um, I had, you know, my phone with me. I had earbuds, and I would play worship music that just would minister to me. And there's one song in particular uh, that just, I had it on repeat over and over and over and over and over and over. I think I wore that out. You know how, you know, on the, you remember the old vinyl records, you know? Any, any, anybody old enough to remember those? Yes, yeah, some of you are, Yeah. Okay, uh, well, they used to have, you know, music on, on these vinyl records, you know, about this big. And you play them, the needle goes along these grooves and p- produces the music, right? Well, you do that enough, and it wears it out. I never thought that was possible to do with digital music, with an MP3. But apparently is, because I think that thing, I about wore that thing out. Because God was using it, it was a refreshing stream that he was using to pour his presence into me. Jesus met me there. And I experienced him in a deeper way during that time. He was with me. I felt his presence. his, His presence ministered to me and gave me strength. And being in a valley can also be, you know, it, it can be a tremendous time of blessing. If you look for the streams and don't waste the time in the valley, just waiting to get back to the mountaintop. Growth takes place in the valley that can never take place on the mountaintop. If you're in a valley right now, begin to look at it differently. Begin to look at it as a gift. Doesn't mean that everything that's happening is good, but begin to look at this time, this season, as a gift, as a blessing, as an opportunity. 
and look for what God may be doing. Or, or, or look for what he may want to be showing you. We may want to show you. Find the streams or pools that he has provided because I guarantee you they are there. Sometimes you just have to look for them. God with us. One of the most powerful and most precious truths and promises in all of Scripture. He's with you in the valley. And if you listen, you will hear him calling you. I'd like to ask our worship team to come back up.